When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Playing with Squirrels podcast. I am joined today by Stephen Bay of the Analog Jones and the Temple of Video podcast. Did I get that right? Temple of Film. You're pretty close. Ah, it is always- <laughs> so close. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of a long title. We're, uh, we kind of just go by uh, Analog Jones. <laughs> I, I was tempted to just stop there because it is a very long title that I never get the full name on my phone when I'm listening to the episodes. Um, you are also the man who gave us a website for my other podcast, Horror Movie Night. So I had to have you on to this much less listened to podcast that I do to promote your stuff. Um, well, thank you very much, sir. So, we're going to talk about Boy Meets World. We're going to talk about Boy Meets World Season 1, Episode 12. We're going to talk about the episode called Once in Love with Amy that aired on January 7th, 1994. Um, I, I had a good string of really good, insightful episodes. I don't think this was one of them, though. This this one kind of was the, the cliche 90s sitcom that I remember the first season of Boy Meets World kind of being at times. Yeah, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, wow, this is really a soft episode. Then I looked into it a little bit, and it's written by Ken Kota, who also did a lot of Family Matters. So I think that, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, no, this, this could be a Family Matters episode. It could be a Full House episode, which they make a reference to Full House in this episode. Yeah, it was one of those where I was like, I was watching it, and this felt like what I thought all of Boy Meets World was until I did this episode, and then I, I seriously, I almost finished the entire rest of season one just finishing <laughs> it. Yeah, no, see, so season one, like season one, is an imperfect season of this show. I think right around season three is where they really start to make it that like out-of-fucking-nowhere sitcom that people remember it for being. But season one is so uneven, because there's, like, some episodes that are just, like, bubblegum, like, kids' show. And then there's, like, really heavy episodes in season one that come out of nowhere. Um, Well, maybe they just had to make some fillers to get through it all. Maybe. Like, we've talked about it in the past, but there was, like, the one episode where, like... Corey teaches the class about Anne Frank, and it's, like, terrifyingly relevant still. Um, But here we are with this episode, just kind of a cheesy bubblegum episode. It's got two uh, subplots going on, but really, like, the one is barely a subplot. 
the first story that we are introduced to is the fact that Mr. Feeney proposes a question in which one man can wash his car in six minutes and the other man can wash the exact same car in eight minutes. So how long will it take for them to wash the car if they work together? Um, you didn't say there would be math in this episode, so <laughs> I was well, I was scared. Well, this is the weirder thing. Why, like, <laughs> so we'll get into this a little bit more, but um, there's no reason for Feeney to be teaching this. <laughs> like, it's, it is a completely, like, this is a question designed to teach, like, a, a belief and a philosophy and a theory. But it's not like something that a sixth grade teacher is teaching their students. Um, but I'm confused. Is Feeney an English teacher, a math teacher, or does he do just do it all? So I think it's I don't know about how your school was, but like when I was in elementary school, it was you had one teacher that taught everything. Um, and then like junior high into high school is when you start to have like a different teacher for each subject. I think in the first, like, two seasons, they just treat the middle school the same as elementary school, where you just have one teacher for all of your classes. Um, and then in high school, when he becomes... In the high school years, he's an English teacher for some, uh, for some of the seasons, and then he becomes the principal of the school. And then I forget how he gets involved in the college years, but I think he ends up... Um, becoming like an assistant dean at the college or something like that. But he's always there. <laughs> and it's he's always lurking. Yeah, and they bring it up a lot, which is they they acknowledge that it's absurd. Um I always remember one of the episodes uh I think it may have even been the last episode Corey's talking to his uh his newest sibling who was just born because his parents are still just I mean, it shows in this episode they love to get down with the fucking. So like no doubt. They, they birth out another kid, and um, he says, like, you know, there's a lot of things that you're going to learn, and one of those is that Mr. Feeney will be your teacher every year for the rest of your life. Um, but <laughs> uh, this episode introduces the concept of Minkus being wrong and him not being able to handle it, and also reminding us that the first season of Topanga, she's really fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. I was like, wow, that's not... Oh, man. Season one just kind of evaporated from my mind. And so did Minkus. And I'll be honest, when I was a kid, I think I hated Minkus. But as an adult, I kind of wanted more of him. Yeah. And I don't know why. Uh, that's a thing that I've talked about a lot in previous episodes, is that Minkus is, like, secretly the best character in the first season of this show. Um but yeah, as a kid, I was like, oh, what a loser, which was like really <laughs> weird for me to be saying, because I was certainly more of a Minkus than like a, a Sean. I maybe was a Cory, but like I probably would have been friends with Minkus in school. So I don't understand why I joined the uh, the hive mind of like Minkus sucks. Uh, but yeah, I was kind of a Frankenstein of those three. <laughs> I had the I had the hair of Sean, the mentality of Cory. But I was a loser just like Minkus. <laughs> um, you still have the hair of Sean. Uh, so, oh, oh, thank you. The other subplot of this episode is uh, their mom potentially cheating on their dad while lying that she's going to uh, bowling. Um, which leads to like two or three of my favorite quotes in this episode. Um, one of them 
being when they start to search their mom's bowling bag and they're finding all this evidence that she's most certainly not going to go bowling. Uh, and they pull out the red shoes and Sean has a line where it's like, I think you'll find the number right there above the spiked heel. Uh, but the, the line that I love is when they pull out the red dress and Corey says, to, what does this mean? And Eric Mean says, it means mom's going to be flashing a lot of leg when she goes for that 7-10 split. <laughs> Which is... I'll be honest, uh, their mom's uh, pretty no, good looking. No, Mrs. Matthews is fine. <laughs> she is... Yeah. <laughs> I was going conservative with mine, but if we're going to be honest, yeah. She's uh, she's DD. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, <laughs> so so they decide that they're going to like sneak out. They're gonna track down their mom. They're gonna let Sean watch their daughter, uh, their their sister Morgan, and they're gonna find out once and for all what mom's been up to. And somehow they cannot see who the guy is that she's with. Only that she's out dancing with somebody, which I feel like any adult at this point has figured out what the twist is already. Um, but yeah, it, it didn't take much. <laughs> and it's such a weird twist. Like, it's so bizarre. Um, and even her justification, I'm like, no, that's still like really weird. Like, she's like, we like to sneak around because it makes it exciting because it's like breaking the rules. It's like, that's weird. Don't tell your. But you're only breaking the rules to the kids. Yeah, like, you why know, are like, you telling your kids I, this? I, <laughs> Like, if you were doing it, like, you know, going around maybe your mom or, say, your boss or something, that's fun and exciting. But your kids, you're like, wah, Well, it's like, wah. if they had no problem watching the the little sister when you had bowling, like, I'm pretty sure if you're just like, hey, your dad and I need to go out and just have a night for ourselves, can you watch the kid? They also would have been like, fine, because that is just as important as bowling. Like, it's not... At least, like, Dad was like, oh, I have, like, a business meeting to go to. Like, she's just like, I got a bowl? Like, I don't know. I feel like... Yeah, I wasn't yeah. buying it. Wasn't buying it. I don't think no, she's a bowler. not at all. She does not have the build of a bowler. And I used to be in a bowling league. I've seen women <laughs> bowlers. Um, is, is that, like, pear <laughs> Yeah. Do you remember that one, like, uh, German exchange girl in dodgeball? Like, that's essentially... Yeah. Oh, um, wow. I do remember, actually. <laughs> so there's a. Um, we just showed our minkus there. Total dorks. Uh, the other big quote that I love in this episode is Corey doing everything in his power not to, like, spill the beans to his dad after they come back. And as Eric's trying to explain it, he keeps screaming, like, Mom was with another guy. And then eventually she just he yells, Do I have to draw you a picture? <laughs> like. And I love, I love that line for whatever reason. Um, so then he goes outside and he, he talks to the mom and he's like, hey, they caught on to us. They didn't see me, but they saw you. Like, you're not very secretive. Good work. Uh, and then she explains to them that she was out dancing with their father, to which Eric yells, dad's not our father. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that made me laugh. But... Uh, I mean, it is what it is. And then you go back to the classroom and Corey's answer to the question about the guy washing the car and the other guy who can wash the same car. And But it, in eight minutes is that there is no answer. Um, and yeah, I, I didn't like that. I was like, no, 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 no. The, I, I think answer. the answer is six minutes. 
Like, like I think that the one dude's not going to slow down the other guy's time to do anything. He'll just be able to do a portion of it, but he'll probably still get it done in about six minutes. Um, But now in Minkus's little uh, arithmetic he was writing on the board, I really wish I would have froze it there. I guarantee you there's some good Easter eggs in that. Probably. Uh, Did you catch the the little... um, uh, credit sequence where he creates time yes. travel multiple times. Yeah, <laughs> that is a good. That's a good trivia question here. When you're done with all these seasons, you need to come up with it, and you'll be like, "Who who technically traveled in time in this show?" Yeah, well, there's a lot of answers because Corey also technically traveled through time in a couple episodes. Oh man, really? Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> there's two different episodes. There's one where he bangs his head and somehow travels to the fifties. Where he's called to war. Um, or no, no. That one was Salem the Cat from Sabrina caused them to travel back in time to the 50s. Uh, and then there's another one. What, this had a crossover with Sabrina? Yeah. It was like a TGIF like, lineup where each episode, like a character from one episode would bleed into the next uh, the next ep- uh, the next show. So like then like someone from Boy Meets World appeared in Step by Step and so on and so forth. Um, there's, hmm. there's actually two Sabrina crossovers. There's a Halloween episode in what, in which a coven of witches, uh, want to use Eric Matthews house to do like a giant ritual and he ends up fighting the witches and he's like, no more witches for me. And then he goes on a date with Mich- uh, Melissa Joan Hart <laughs> at the end of the episode. Wow. So yeah, they, they used to do a lot of Sabrina boy meets world mi- mixing. But then in the last season, there's like a weird episode where Corey finds like a being John Malkovich style door in their new apartment that leads him to like live in a gritty 1930 like film noir world. <laughs> like, Yeah, I remember the last couple seasons started to have a couple wacky episodes like the writers were getting a little bored. The best the best <laughs> wacky episode. And I can't wait to actually get to talk about it in like another um, five years is when Eric gets hired to act in a TV show called Kid Gets Acquainted with the Universe. Um, <laughs> it's such an awesome meta episode. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this was an okay episode is, is what it comes down to, especially like the last three or four episodes I talked about were so much better than I anticipated them being. This one was just exactly what I expect from a first season episode. Yeah, it was one of those that, you know, you're not going to remember it, but it got them through the first season. And, you know, a lot of these episodes helped them to continue the show. So it is what it is. It's a filler. Yeah. So question for you, though. So you said that this episode kind of led you down a rabbit hole of binging a bunch of Boy Meets World. Um, It did. So what is your like history with Boy Meets World? What is your memories of it? Were you a like run home and watch it on Friday night instead of hanging out with normal people type kid? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. As I said before, I was I I was a Frankenstein of them. And my minkus part was definitely my social weirdness. (laughs) You know, I played some some D&D. I was what you call a fat Uh, I was out of shape, but still playing in sports. So that's I didn't do much on Friday nights. (laughs) That's what I'm trying to tell you. I like the term fat I'm going to have to use that uh, to describe a decent chunk of my childhood. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. So, yes, 1994, I believe, is when the show started. Am I right? Uh, 1993 into 94, yeah. 93. 
So what I always remember is they basically traveled uh, from year to year the same time period I did throughout middle school and high school. And I think they graduated in 2000 or 99. It was it was uh, season five, I think, is when they graduated. So, yeah, 99. Yeah, so I grew up with the show while Corey was growing up and Sean. So it was one of those crazy, it just really got its nails into me, sunk them deep, and I was addicted to the show throughout. My brothers, who are only one year younger than me, they're identical twins, we watched the hell out of this show, and Friday nights were huge. Uh, Now, we all hated Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which I think <laughs> it just happened to be. I don't know why. Maybe it's because we were all boys and we just like, oh, a girl show. Luckily, we've grown up and we love girls, don't we, guys? Oh, they can't answer. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was one of those. I love the show and I kind of forgot how much I liked it. Then you invited me on. I watched season 12, which surprisingly led me down the rabbit hole because it is it's kind of a C-level, D-level episode. But, man, I forgot how much I love this. Yeah, no, it's worth getting all the seasons on DVD and watching repeatedly. <laughs> that's that's how this podcast came to be, was how often I would do a yearly watching of the entire series. The I mean, entire series? Once a year? Uh, usually I'd skip season one, but yeah, I'd do seasons two through seven, like, once a year. Um, and you I was like a maniac. Yeah, I mean, there's like a handful of shows that I try to like visit yearly or by like every other year, and it's like this, Buffy, Scrubs, like there's like those certain shows. Daria was like a big one I would always revisit. Um, but this show, I, I found like the older I got, the more of an appreciation I had for it, especially because it it really in the later seasons it stands out among a lot of the other TGIF shows. I would agree. And uh, I definitely remember this. I remember specific moments from episodes, and that's something I would rarely do with, say, like, you know, a 90s sitcom. Yeah. I can't tell you one, you know, family matter. Or, no, I'm not family. I can't tell you one Full House episode at all. Yeah. Or like a step by step episode. Like, those. All I remember about Step by Step is that there was a roller coaster in the opening scene. Like, that's as far as my knowledge goes. Um, so you bring that up. Let me ask you this, then. What to you, like, what is, like, your iconic Boy Meets World memory that you've never forgotten? Okay, now that I bring it up, I don't remember the title, but I do remember the, the subject line in it. And it's when Sean's dad is sick. And uh, I don't know he's in the hospital. You know, he's got his all of his wires connected to him. And it's really deep for Sean. And I always remember that just, like, really getting me as a kid. Like, oh, not everyone has, like, a mom and a dad like I do. And if they do, you know, they can get sick, which I never had to suffer through. Yeah. I don't know. That one stuck to me. Yeah, that's a... I, I feel like no one really brings that one up, but that is a heavy... A lot of the Sean-centric stuff about his parents is really heavy shit for a kid's show back then because we didn't... Oh, yeah. We didn't really cover, like, dead... Like, it was weird because his dad was a deadbeat dad, but his dad wasn't a deadbeat dad at the same time. Like, his dad didn't have a job and he didn't, like, do a lot with Sean, but, like, as the show goes on, you realize that it's always been because... He knew that other people would raise him better and be able to give Sean a better life than he could. And it was like this weird, like, pseudo-redemption element to his character. 
Yeah, he he did have a lot of really deep episodes throughout this and little segments, too, where he was always kind of the quote unquote bad influence. I think even Corey's dad one time called him that in a show. I can't recall, though. I may be wrong. Did he? Okay. He definitely did. He definitely did. Yeah. And I mean, there was an episode that dealt with like Sean's rampant alcoholism in like later seasons. Like they they really used him as like their message character. Yeah, I'm thinking the show got so popular one time they really gave them a lot of leeway to just experiment, especially the one where Topanga was hooked on crack. That was a rough one. Do you remember that one? <laughs> that, that may that might be a deleted scene. I, I don't know. No. You might be thinking of that uh, Saved by the Bell episode. <laughs> was it Speed? She was like studying on it, Speed. Something like that. Or that maybe that's Empire Records. I don't remember. There's so many message movies and shows from this time. Well, period. that actress went on to do uh, one of the greatest movies of all time, Showgirls. I think we all remember and love that. <laughs> this is very true. Well, all right, uh, Stephen. Thank you for joining us on the show. We kind of, we try to keep these bad boys short because, again, first season's not really given us all of the greatest material in history. But if people want to check out Analog Jones and the Temple of Film, uh, what is the show about and and where can I hear it? Matt and I, and that's Matt too, not Matt you, <laughs> we review right. VHSs that you would find in, say, your you know closet or any type of flea market, and we try to find the gold in them. And we put them in our museum. At the end of each show, we have a museum for either what's good or what, what's bad and what we can learn from. So we try to stay positive, but we do end up kind of making fun of some <laughs> some pretty bad ones. What was the roughest one you think you've watched so far? Oh, um, Now, some people are going to take offense to this, and we found out. I thought The Adventures of Baron Munchausen was just a nightmare of, like, overstimulus and the same thing tied with that was Cool World. So Cool World is a movie that I have like multiple times almost put on like the, you know, like when Horror Movie Night does the, the you vote for one of three movies that's not a horror movie for us to kick off the year with. Cool World is always an almost one for me that I almost put as my movie. Because um, that movie is just, there's so much to dig into with that movie. <laughs> it's bonkers. I, I can't you ever oof, hear what... I can't even describe what they're thinking. Now part of it is that it's sort of unfinished because of how yeah. bad the studio messed with it. And I don't want to get into it because that's we'll go down that rabbit hole. That movie is crazy. Yeah, no, I I wish and this has nothing to do with Boy Meets World, but let's say it. Um I'm not sure if you I can't remember if you guys talked about this on that episode. I know I listened to that episode, but it was a while back. Um, I've been for like maybe five years, probably longer than that, a big component on like if there was any movie that I wish I could have seen the original idea of, it would have been the original version of Cool World that uh, that was planned with like the crazy half human, half cartoon serial killer. Oh, yeah, definitely. He Ralph. Bakshi actually described it as Roger Rabbit meets Child's Play. And I was like, so yeah, that, yeah, that sounds great. Like, I still want someone to make that movie. Um, but where can people go? 
<laughs> where can people go to check out Analog Jones and the Temple of Film? You can check us out on Podbean or iTunes. Just search Analog Jones and it will pop up. You don't have to put in that whole long title. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Stephen. Uh, we will definitely have you back when season two rolls around. Um, and I hope that uh, I've I've introduced you to your new favorite retro show. So uh, enjoy your your continued downward spiral into Boy Meets World fandom. All right. Thank you. <laughs>